0: You are listening to a Mint production, brought to you by HT Smartcast. Hi, I'm Satya Suntanam from Mint's personal finance team. In today's episode, I'll be speaking to Mr. Nikhil Kama, founder of Zerodha and True Beacon, about his investment portfolio. This is as part of our Mint's annual series, in which we reach out to industry leaders in the financial services space to understand how they manage their money. Remember, through this series, we are trying to highlight the importance of personal finance tools, such as asset allocation and diversification. We are not suggesting to replicate their investment strategies, as personal finance is individual specific and differs from one person to another. With that note aside, let's get started.
1: Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money? A personal finance podcast, where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey.
0: Kamath, who reduced his asset allocation monthly, said that he is reducing his equity exposure and adding gold as much as possible, talking about inflation-beating investments. He said, quote-unquote, impossible at the pragmatic inflation rate today. Another interesting bit, he maintains an emergency corpus that can cover him for five years. Let's get answers for all these things. Hello, Nikhil. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money. We are very thrilled to have you here.
1: Hi, Satya. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Uh, Mikhail, let me start with a very simple yet uh, very important question. Uh, so, what does wealth mean to you?
1: Uh, wealth is the ability to do new things and fail and mm-hmm. uh, for me that freedom that comes with uh, making those attempts and not uh, not letting a failure except affect you too much. I think wealth for me is that today.
0: Okay, okay. So, what do you think is very important uh, tool when one is uh, building wealth?
1: The goalpost and the benchmark should be long-term and not uh, very short-term. Uh, I think the question is how do you build wealth over a twenty, thirty-year period and not over, uh, you know, the next one year or the next six months. While you accumulate wealth, I think it's important to invest it in the right places. We want to make sure they diversify. Uh, for them to make sure, uh, you know, if one investment fails, there is a certain backup for them uh, that they could rely on. I think these things become increasingly relevant with
0: time. So uh, when it comes to wealth generation, because asset allocation is very important and uh, you have a very diversified portfolio. Uh, for the benefit of listeners, can you tell us what's your current asset mixes and how do you go about deciding the suitable asset allocation for you?
1: So I, I'm a fairly conservative investor. Uh, today, I am. So I have about uh, 50% in a combination of fixed income and gold. Uh, gold would be about 15% fixed income, which is uh, you know primarily in tax-free bonds and uh, government securities. which should give you about 4% net of taxes. Uh, that's a big component. The balance, I would say about 35-40% goes to equity and 10% goes to alternatives, uh, you know, like uh, private uh, equity, alternate investment classes, which are a bit more
0: risky. Okay. Okay. So, but how do you uh, decide uh, the asset allocation that, you know, that you think is suitable for you? So, how do you go? There's no like,
1: correct. There's no definite science here. Right now, I feel like uh, markets are expensive. Hence, I have a larger uh, allocation towards risk-free assets when i feel there is a correction or something has changed significantly uh, i would rebalance to have more uh, equity in the portfolio but right now it's just a factor of i feel like there's a lot of geopolitical nonsense going on there is inflation uh, growth seems to be peaking at this point in time i think uh, for me to have a really hedged portfolio and a big exposure to uh, risk-free assets uh, becomes extremely
0: important Okay. And that's why you said you're very bullish on gold and reducing your equity exposure in your portfolio and increasing your gold exposure. Correct. Okay. Okay. Nikhil, you also said that you review your asset allocation every month. Uh, I'm sure you may not make changes to it every time, but uh, what do you look at when you are reviewing your uh, asset allocation every
1: month? I look at overall state of the economy, uh, how sentiment is in the market, uh, how expensive equities in the market? See, my allocations uh, are my allocation is generally a combination of gold, fixed income, and equity. Uh, I don't have any real estate in my allocation. I don't have uh, uh, a lot of the asset classes that traditionally people might have had. I prefer for all of my allocation to be extremely liquid. Uh, by that I mean, on any given day, if I have to sell everything, there should be ample liquidity for me to do that. Uh, So it's always a rebalancing between these three sectors. Uh, When I feel markets are cheap, I go up to 70% equity. And when I feel markets are expensive, I go down to maybe 30% equity. So right now I'm at 50. So It's leaning, it's going towards the more bearish direction because I'm reducing allocation uh, as we speak. and I'll probably be at 30 in the next month. two.
0: Talking about the inflation beating uh, investments, you said that in, that it is impossible at the pragmatic inflation rate today. Uh, could you elaborate on that a bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, see the government's rate of 5-6% or the target rate of 5.5% does not seem to be what is happening on the ground. Uh, I was reading articles like lemon prices are like 300 rupees a kilogram. Uh, Same for tomato, wheat. Uh, We've seen uh, commodities have a big upcycle. Like crude oil is at 100. Steel has rallied 90%. Everything from zinc, nickel, magnesium. Everything has rallied like crazy in the last one year. Uh, This at some point will reflect in corporate earnings. Uh, Margins are bound to go down. Uh, people will have to give wage hikes uh, very quickly for people to be able to circumvent or kind of like uh, deal with the inflation and uh, corporate margins will go down. We have not seen that happen yet, but possibly in the next two or three quarters, we'll start to see this. When that happens, it right now it feels like inflation on the ground is like, you know, nine ten 10 percent To me, at least it feels like it's there. Uh, when this inflation continues to spiral up, Uh, the only tool that the central bank has really is to take interest rates above inflation. So if inflation were to be at 10, we'll have to take uh, interest rates to maybe 11 or 12% uh, to have a positive net rate, but also to contain inflation. Uh, When that happens, I think uh, because of how levered a lot of our industries are, everything from real estate, a lot of the, you know, Capex, which has happened both on the private and public side in the last year or two is fairly levered and I think that will have a big impact uh, and uh, it, it will probably make the ecosystem really slow. Uh, I would not like to go far enough to you know call stagflation or anything like that, but I think uh, the ecosystem is not going to grow at the pace that we have witnessed in the last decade and in a way preparing for that time, I feel like uh, when inflation becomes a bigger problem than it is today i feel like uh, it, it's prudent to kind of diversify more reduce allocation to risky assets too.
0: okay okay what's your view you on the international uh, equities at this point of time now because you said you want to increase your uh, international investing share uh if there are no capital controls uh, so how do you look at it
1: yeah so with capital controls i'm able to do that 250k uh, a year uh, but uh I, I'm leaning more in the direction of uh, maybe China today, a year or two ago it was the U.S. Okay. Uh, the U.S. markets have seen a stupendous rally and uh, uh, the central banks have not been very frugal when it comes to managing monetary policy. And, uh, maybe there is value in China today. You know, It's not as easy to invest in China as it is in America. Hmm. You probably have to go via Hong Kong, uh, find a mirror exchange and stuff like that. But uh, because of how beaten up China is based on the uh, uh, the way the government reacted against the tech companies and and the you know, the behemoth uh, tech entrepreneurs over the last year, I feel like value is starting to emerge in China.
0: Uh, Can you tell us you know, one strategy that worked for your portfolio and one that did not over the past year?
1: I think diversifying worked. Uh, What did not work is my circumspection led me to be a lot more hedged uh, Mm. than other people. And since the markets rallied, we might have underperformed based on that. Mm. But I think that's okay, you know, in the long run, these things play out. I'd I'd rather run the side of caution uh, than take more risk. right.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, you also said that you have booked profits in uh, 2021 market rally. Uh So, uh, just wondering, I mean, do you believe in investing and forgetting or do you believe in constantly reviewing and constantly monitoring, churning and uh, making changes to your uh, asset allocation?
1: To a retail investor who is watching this, I would say, uh, you know, like buy and forget. For someone like me who has nothing else to do, if I ever to stop looking at the markets, what do I do every day? So we constantly look at it and try to do something with it. But I think the whole passive strategy of uh, not doing stuff, uh, A, because of how taxation is, and B, uh, because of the bull cycle we have witnessed in the last decade or two, historically that seems to have been a better strategy and has given better returns.
0: Funds. Uh talking about emergency funds, I was a little surprised when I see that you maintain emergency funds for five years. Uh can you can you share any details about why five years? I mean why you've decided that it should be five years, Nicole?
1: See the thing is, while while we have gotten a little bit of lucky in business in the last few years and have, you know, made a reasonable amount of profits, I don't think the lifestyle has changed relative to that. So, you know, I still live fairly frugally and uh, it's possibly a lot longer than five years. Uh, I focus more on the health of my portfolio and less mm. on uh, what uh, or because of what or when I would need to break that portfolio in a way or liquidate it. Uh, but as long as I'm constantly, uh, you know, kind of sure that uh, my portfolio is healthy and kind of fine.
0: Okay, uh, you said you pound them with the tax-free bonds, you know, but tax-free bonds are, may not be very liquid at times. So
1: um, they're, they're fairly liquid. See, the thing is, you have to, uh, because you know, in a certain way, they're OTC, right? Like you have to have a decent relationship with bond houses, bond desks, who are dealing in these bonds. But I would say on most days, on 9 out of 10 days, if I want to exit a tax-free bond, I'm able to quite easily.
0: Uh, so finally, uh, my last question is about the first thing that comes to your mind about personal finance.
1: Well, I think we overcomplicate it. I don't think it is uh, <laughs> as complicated as people like to make it appear. Uh, I think in many ways, uh, you know, uh, people in the ecosystem say complicated words and uh, make it sound like it's hard to justify the fees they charge. At the crux of it, you know, it's uh, it's it's just. You do the simple things well and not worry about the unnecessary complications.
0: That's brilliantly put. Thanks, Nikhil. Thank you so much. That's all for my side. All right. Thank, Thank you, Satya. Sure. Thank you, Nikhil. That's all for now in this episode, listeners. If you have any queries or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Satya SatyaSuntanam. S-A-T-Y-A-S-O-N-T-A-N-A-M. Or you can also write to us at mintmoney at livemint.com. Bye-bye.
1: This was a Mint production brought to you by HD HD Smartcast.